Welcome to the Lug Nuts Podcast. It's what the Bible says. Welcome to episode four of the Lug Nuts Podcast. I'm joined by Kenny. What's up, guys? Joe. Hello there. Steve. Me, 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 me. Steve is mute this morning because of the cold that just burst into Indiana for some reason. And myself, Nick. So we got a good episode for you. Um, I'm going to let Steve tell the title because it's one that strikes to my core. So take it away, huh? Yeah, take it away. Yeah, do your thing. All right, let's start off with a question. How many people like the answer, no? How do you Nobody. Feel? Not very many. How Not many people? Okay. People don't like it. When you, when you ask somebody and they say no, it's usually not well received, right? So let's just think about, um, before we kind of dive into the topic, what would be some reasons why you don't like the answer no? Mm. Anybody, anybody here, a little audience participation here in the room? I'm going first. I got this. All right. Got you. Don't get your way. Don't get your way. Okay. And what is wrong with not getting your way? Because I want my way. I'm selfish. Good. All right. Anybody else? Why do we not like the answer no? I'll play off of what Nick just said. Mm-hmm. We don't get what we want. Okay. And we don't get what we want. We become selfish and upset, angry. Right? Because we feel like we know what is best. Correct? Mm. A little jo- entitled, maybe? Right. Joe, mm. what are you thinking over there? Anything... Cooking up I something. really don't have anything to add to that because I can't think of a genuine reason for myself beyond just not getting what I want. Sure, sure. Well, this uh, week uh, in uh, my office, I met with an individual, and this person came in visibly upset um, and sat down, and I've been doing this long enough to kind of read people, and I go, okay, something's happening here. What's the problem? And this person was very quiet, reflective, and I said, come on, man, you know, something's happening here. What's, what's going on? And this individual said, this is the fourth time I have been overlooked for the promotion. Hmm. Okay. And um, I said, so tell me what, you're, what are you thinking? And uh, this person said, I'm, I'm qualified. I've gone to school. I've got, you know, all of the... Uh, education that I need. As a matter of fact, I'm feeling a little used right now because I'm helping with um, this um, department, and I, I just said, you know, I just, I just feel like I'm being used at this point, and um, just don't really appreciate the situation. And um, the, the situation, I'm a little familiar with this individual, is in upper management. And um, so let's just have a little audience participation time again here. Given the world we live in today, what do you think it would be like to be in a position of upper management right now? Either good or bad. I'm just asking you guys, you know, again, I don't give you guys these questions up front. So just what are you thinking about upper management if you're that level? I, um, I knew someone who was like a big-time manager at a company, and I knew his family too. For them, 
when he took the manager position, it was an absolute shift in just his personality. Mm-hmm. He went from being a loving, caring person to just being so focused on work that it consumed him because he had to be in order to fulfill the duties that he was required to meet now. Mm-hmm. What are you guys seeing right now in the world we live in as far as just plain old economics and the world we live in, being a politician, you know, being in a position of leadership? Um, how is the world responding to those folks right now? Kenny, what are you thinking? You just see on t- TV right now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not good mm-hmm. being one a politician. I'd say even being in upper management. It's stressful. It's You have a lot of weight on your shoulders and a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm to one, make sure your employers are doing okay, but also make sure everyone else sure. is doing okay as well. That that includes your family and what else you've got going on. Very weighty, very weighty. So say anything else? I, I guess start going to my left that way because by, by the time I get to you, all the good answers are taken. So <laughs> yeah, next true. time I'll go to the left. There next you go. Time, next time Nick says, ooh, 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 me, I'll go, shut up, Nick. That's like this side <laughs> Anyway, so any anything left that would be, what would it be Probably. like to be in upper management? And I'm not saying it's bad to be in upper management, by the way. Mm. There's some perks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely perks as far I mean, as upper management. So I'm not perks. saying it's all bad, but I'm just saying, and you kind of guys will kind of see where I'm going with this here. So Yeah. I mean, there's definitely good sides to it because if you're a good manager, then generally your employees under you will like sure. you. But I would say there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of blame that mm-hmm. gets put there mm-hmm. sometimes sure sure isn't it isn't it in some ways for you guys just to say at the end of the day uh, i punch out and i go home and i really don't have to take yes. there's a collective nod yeah. going on around yeah. here all all of that and so all that to say um with this individual i said can we think about this in in, in, in a different way and the fact that uh the answer is no right now is not that God is some mean, cruel person who's just toying with your emotions, but maybe, just maybe, he's protecting you mm. from something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because I, I, it goes back to that idea that um, I know what's best. I've got the big picture. And, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't times that we do our homework and we say, this, this appears to be a pretty good opportunity, but... Um, do we all know people, or even maybe a personal experience, where you just kind of pushed on, and you had a little, you know, you know what they call buyer's remorse? Sometimes, you know, you just yes. go. So, ha- have you had a life experience where you go, "Whew, man, it looked good, but it just kind of came back to bite me." Anything going? Nah, I'm not going right. I'm going left to Josiah this time. So, anything? Nothing. That's okay. Nothing's coming to mind. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Again, we're doing this just live, you know, whatever. All right. Kenny, anything you can say, you like go, without getting real personal, I, mean, I get it. We're not asking to air out any <laughs> dirty laundry here or whatever. <laughs> um, I would say. Or maybe somebody you know, somebody, you know, something happened. Um, at least for me, um, when I worked at the South Bend Lowe's, it, I thought it was okay. Thought it was good, um, but in the end, they kind of turned around and kind of stabbed me in the back, mm-hmm. and I, 
I kind of wish I wouldn't have worked there because while I learned stuff, it really wasn't the place for me. Sure. In hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. I get it. You know, I'm, so I'm not saying that we're not taking risks. I'm I'm all about measured risk. Maybe that's another topic someday. So, uh, but but again, I'm just talking about sometimes you just press on and you think, man, eh, this is really what I need to do. Maybe there might be some red flags. You go, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and do that. So Nick, I, all right, I'll come back to you. Anything going on over here? Um, as someone who frequently buys lots of things, I have lots of buyers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's better, but. Um, yeah, there's definitely been things that I have bought, and I look back on it, and I'm like, why on earth did I spend that money? Right. Why didn't I just save it? You know, so right. always have stuff. Right. There's too many items to list, really. Right. Well, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Holy and um, in the Bible, there is a guy where the Lord said no. His name is Paul. So if God can tell the apostle Paul no, I think that's something we can learn from. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1, this is Paul's vision and his thorn. In verses 1 through uh, 6, Paul is just talking about this experience that he has. He speaks in third person here about being able to have an opportunity to see uh, heaven and what heaven is going to be like. And in verse 4, he says, I was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things that man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be fooled because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. So he's got a pretty good attitude, because let's just all be honest here. If, if God somehow gave us a glimpse of heaven... Nobody else has seen. What do you think might be the possibility of your character after you saw? And let's just say anything that you see that's brand, brand new, whatever. What might be the possibility of, of a way you might respond in that situation? Are you going left or right? I'm going left or right. All right, Josiah. <laughs> I like how you guys are asking permission now when to talk. I like that a lot. May I speak? <laughs> uh, I, there's two possible ways that I could take this, I think. Sure. Um, one, which I might be prone to because it, it's very easy to be negative, is um, taking the low road, which is, well, I don't have that. That's not, you know, in my life right now. I want that in my life. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, especially in the case of heaven, you could take the high road and say, well, look what I have to look forward to. Right, right. And almost become somewhat boastful. And I think mm -hmm. that's what Paul is talking about here, is, is that the tail end of that, he says, but I refrain. Refrain from what? Refrain from what? No, 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 boo, boo, guess what I saw? I saw heaven, you guys didn't. You know, that type of... Of, of of mentality, Kenny's like looking at me like saying, "Dude, did you just say na 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 boo boo on on the podcast?" And I did. Okay, but the point being is that it'd be easy to just kind of get puffed up. And Paul says, "Listen, I'm going to refrain from that." Now, it's nice for us to recognize that, but now we're going to get a little bit of accountability because he's going to say, "Well, not only am I not going to get puffed up." But he says, now the Lord is going to get involved in this as well. So look at verse 7 with me. To keep me from becoming conceited, 
because these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. And commentators, you know, disagree, agree, whatever, on what this thorn is, whatever it is, and that's not for this to discuss. It was something that was very painful, something very, very unpleasant, right? Now, I'm a comfort guy. Anybody here comfort guys at all? Yes. Ooh, yeah. You like comfort. Kenny, yeah. how about you? You like comfort? Yes. Yes. I think we all like comfort, right? And so, as soon as I have pain, I'm a pain relief kind of guy. And so that's no different than Paul. And so Paul in verse in verse three in verse eight says, Three times I plead with the Lord to take it away from me. Okay, ouch, God, this hurts. Ouch. I really don't like this. Verse nine. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What was God's answer to Paul when he asked to have the thorn removed? Kenny? No. No. No, it was no. And now it was a no once. It was no three times. Three times. And you say, wait a minute. Why would God not remove this thorn? Is it because God is some kind of a masochistic God who enjoys to see his children live in pain? And what's the answer there? No. No, We know that's not the nature of our God. And so you would say, what would be God's purpose here? Right? So let's just think a little bit about uh, our, you know, you know, make this as far as God now. And, and what would be some reasons that you would say God would say to this, this individual, no, the fourth time? What would be some reasons? Now, obviously, God knows the future. I, I get that. Okay. Person's not ready yet. Good. Maybe you're not ready, you know. We have a pretty highly inflated view of self at times, don't we? Yep, I'm ready for this. And so maybe, just maybe, Ken, that's a great observation. Dude, you're not ready, right? What else? He's protecting you for something better. Mm-hmm. Good. And that's kind of what we talked about. Not only am I protecting you, but I have something far better for you, all right? So what's the last one, anybody? And it's really what in verse 7. What, what, look at verse 7. To do what? So he doesn't exalt himself. Is yeah, to keep me from getting, you know, to, to keep me from becoming conceited, right? And that would be pride. That would be pride, you know. And, and so in this situation, the Lord is saying to Paul, "Yeah, you have seen something inexpressible. You have seen something, and you have told me that you're not going to go out and boast about it. But I just want to make sure, <laughs> because even though we make promises at times, it's easy for us maybe to fall back on that promise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to." You know, I'm not like I'm making promises I know I'm going to break, but you know, given the situation, circumstances, it'd be easy just to fall back onto that. And so the Lord here is saying to Paul, you know, what we're going to do here is not going to take away that thorn. And I know that it's painful, and I know it hurts, and I know you would like for me to relieve that pain, but the answer is no. And he says in verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you. Wow, the time went so quickly this morning. We're going to wrap this up. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. And so it's not that God is being a cosmic killjoy here and saying, um, no, no, no. What he's saying is, Paul, this is actually for your benefit. 
because the best place you and I can be, all four of us sitting at this table, is when I'm weak. And I'm not talking about physical weakness. When I'm weak in you, God, when I'm willing to say, Lord, have your own way in my in life. And so, Paul, right now, the answer is, is no. I'm really trying to shape your character at this point in time. And if we take a look at it from that standpoint, I'm not saying that it doesn't make it easy. <laughs> I'm not saying, oh, boy, no. But what I am saying is we can begin to process it in, 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 a, in a different way. So questions or comments? What do you guys think as we wrap it up here? Any thoughts as far as what we talked about today? It's a tough lesson. Very tough, but one that's very worthwhile in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Chime in. I, I would say building on what Nick said, not only is it tough, but it's probably one that you're going to learn a lot over and over again. And mm-hmm. I'm still learning it. Yeah. 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 Anything else, Kenny? Anything else? Last, last little thought here. It's, it's beneficial. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So usually, a lot of times, the times you grow are not in the seasons when God gives you stuff. And, and let's be honest, God has blessed us. We're sitting in a big, huge blessing right here in this studio that mm-hmm. we're in right now and all of the blessings that we have. And, and God can work through that, but oftentimes God works through situations where we have to honestly say, okay, Lord, I know that you're in control. This is what's best. And no right now is, is a good thing. Um, it doesn't keep me from pursuing, okay? So I'm not saying we give up by the way, here. You know, I'm saying, well, we just give up and just become fatalistic and say, well, whatever. No, but we also say, God, maybe let me process it in a, in a different way that maybe um, this is going to help me. You're squeezing my heart. Hmm. When God says no, he's squeezing your heart. He's squeezing my heart. And so whether it's individually here at the table right now, whether we've got something going on in our lives where... Um, you know, we think this is the best direction, and for whatever reason, it's just not playing out. Or many times our podcasts are going to be for folks that are struggling. Maybe it's not me personally, but I have a friend who is in that situation. And so um, very, very difficult. So tough subject, good one to think through. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, appreciate you guys uh, being here with me today. So any final thoughts, anything we want to say? Mm-hmm. All right, well, the, the Tabernacle Choir has spoken. <laughs> This is the Lug Nut Podcast. Don't forget, Jesus loves you, and so So do we. So do we. Hey, everyone. It's Joe from the Lug Nuts Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did and you want to hear more, check us out at ccflopaz.com. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Follow us on Instagram at CCF underscore Lugnuts Podcast. Hope you have a great day. And remember, Jesus loves you, and so do we.